0: Welcome to the Primal Canadians podcast, where you can learn how to solve sophisticated problems with primal wisdom. And now your hosts, the Primal Canadians.
1: Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Primal Canadian. So good to be here with you guys again today, with uh, me, TK, and my friend Lucas.
0: Yeah, it's great to be back in the studio on this sunny Wednesday afternoon here, the middle of May. Wow, middle of May already! Holy smokes,
1: what's going on
0: with this year? (laughs) It's crazy. We're gonna be halfway through the year in a month.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um, there's been so much happening. You know, it's it's important to uh, to you know sit back and As always, but even more than ever now, it's important to sit back, relax, reflect, and uh, just be more present so time doesn't run away on you as much.
0: Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think that's kind of what today's episode is all about. A little bit of reflection, a little bit of looking back and just seeing how our lives have shifted as we... uh, embarked on this primal journey.
1: Yes, yeah, we want to share our biggest takeaways uh, that we've uh, discovered for ourselves through our journey. So we're going to share a bit of our story and uh, uh, maybe it can help help you listeners um, in, in figuring out your story or maybe empower you in certain ways that you can uh, um, do better or help you overcome certain obstacles that uh, may be showing up
0: in your life. Yeah, totally. I mean, I know for me, like when I first embarked on this whole idea of primal lifestyle i wasn't i wasn't really in it for primal Mm -hmm. reasons i didn't even really understand what primal living meant or anything but i was on this mission to clean up my health yeah yeah and i had been through several different Mm -hmm. um channels and i found i was just every time i did i was just disappointed yeah Uh, like for you know i started out i went Uh, when i moved back to calgary in 2017 i went to my doctor Mm -hmm. and i said look doc i'm trying to get healthy set me up with a i asked for a uh, referral to a nutritionist yeah i said set me up with somebody who can basically teach me how to eat yeah yeah because i i honestly didn't know at that point i was Mm -hmm. eating yeah basically nothing but fast food yeah um, or microwave food i could get quick and easy and cheap and he uh he said, well, I'll, I'll recommend you do a dietician. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way it'll be covered with your health care and stuff. And yep. he did, and I went to see her. And we sat down, and we talked a little bit about our my eating habits and stuff. And her recommendation was that I should add in a fruit smoothie and some yogurt in the mornings. Yeah. Wow. That was, that was the diet advice I got when my diet consisted of fast food two or three times yeah. a day. And then I was puzzled by that.
1: It feel, that feels like it almost feels like I, I don't want to use the word ancient but it's like it seems like a dated a dated um, um, you know tip yeah and well, it's probably still still very common for a lot of people probably a lot of people still do that or, or use that advice
0: yeah well and I mean I don't disagree with it mm-hmm. I mean I, the the dairy and the yogurt is a little bit questionable but it's yeah. fermented so it's it, it's a l- I, I'm kind of okay with yeah, that yeah. but like to to have somebody just say, just, like not stop eating the fast food, yeah. not not eat more vegetables, well, no, none of that, just simply yeah add a fruit smoothie did and she yogurt. did
1: she even ask you what you're currently doing
0: yeah, 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 we okay. went through i had I brought a food journal of two weeks and yeah, looked yeah. through it, and I don't know if she was intending to do like a stepped process or mm-hmm. something, but I was just I was so um taken back by the experience i was just like this is this is awful because like the whole reason it started is that i I hadn't been to see a doctor in like seven or eight years yeah um, because i'm generally a pretty healthy guy and i just had no reason but when i went to see the doctor when they tested my blood pressure Mm -hmm. um they like freaked out Yeah, yeah they were i was a couple i was a few points away from like you should just go to the hospital it was so high. I can't remember exactly what the reading was, but it was. T- so
1: so. What about you? Were you like, holy shit?
0: Or? Oh I, yeah. I had no idea. I mean, I yeah. knew my blood pressure was going to be a little high. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like the red flag that was like, okay, it's time to get things under control. Yeah. It's time to deal with this. But then, I went and it's like, I truly had no idea what to do. And I at that point, my mentality was a doctor was there to help right. you be healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I talked to the doctor and I went through all the steps like I just mentioned and I came out of it and I was just like this is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Like this is that's that's not health. That's not yeah, yeah. lifestyle advice that's not what I need. It's like what I really needed was somebody to sit down and explain like what you should be eating and why you should yeah. be eating it and how it affects how you food and works. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But there was none of that, and and it wasn't even just that I didn't get any of that information. It was almost as though this dietitian I talked to mm-hmm. didn't understand. Yeah, it was like she just she didn't really have a concept of yeah. how nutrients worked in the body. It's like her her whole mentality was purely around caloric intake.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it that that blows me away when. Th- there's so many like uh, so-called gurus and nutrition experts right now that are like balancing macros and counting counting carbs or counting calories and it's like how can you be so far off i guess but i guess the thing is if one doesn't know like you know we we go to see a doctor or a dietitian or a nutritionist and they have a system that they've been educated on and who has its own its own reasons and and biases or whatever and it's kind of a generic like they ask you for a two-week food log but then give you the advice that was probably so generic that probably every single person that comes to the office gets have a fruit smoothie and some yogurt like i'm assuming that the next person with a completely different set of symptoms and completely different problems uh, or scenario will get the exact
0: same thing yeah exactly and um, and that that, that was kind of it broke me honestly mm-hmm. it did like that i had a actually a really major backslide after that like yeah. for a couple of weeks i was really focused and trying yeah, to yeah. take care of myself and then after that i was just like this i just went back to my old habits yeah and by the end of that year um i was heavier than i'd ever been mm-hmm. i was unhealthy as all hell like yeah, yeah i would my chest would get tight just walking up the stairs mm-hmm. like i was in really really rough condition um, but then I found the Wild Fit program. Yeah. I've talked so, about that. a so how long
1: after that? How long after that was it that you discovered the Wild Fit program? So
0: the, the I went to see the nutritionist in July of 2017, I think. Yeah, I f- I'm pretty sure it was July. Okay. Uh, and then I discovered the Wild Fit in November, December of 2017. Okay, so it was a few months. So it was later. quite a while later. Yeah. Um, but that was when I really started learning about the primal yeah, lifestyle yeah. and I mean, about reconnecting with the human body mm-hmm. and just our place in nature and our place in the world. Really, Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was really fascinating because suddenly I was looking at life differently. Mm-hmm. You know, not just my food, not just my place in the world, not just all that, but just everything in general because this program was totally different. It was mm-hmm. like... Eat whatever you want. Yeah. But here's how food affects you. Yeah, yeah. And before you eat whatever you want, make sure that you're actually in tune with the signals your body yeah. sends you.
1: Wow, that's so powerful. Like, because there's so many, um, like, the, the issue with, with food is often not the actual physical food that we eat. It's the emotions that we have around it, the stories that we have. So, in other words, it's the relationship that we have to food. So... Um, in order to change that, you have to look at the more like psychological components of of uh, of food and how we're geared uh, towards certain food and why we eat it and why we choose certain things and why we choose not to eat certain things and
0: yeah well, and that was like I mean really honestly, we're talking about our biggest takeaways. that was my biggest my biggest aha moment yeah. in this whole primal lifestyle journey this whole idea of getting in tune with myself mm-hmm. and my, my body it was just that my body knows what it needs yeah but i need to listen L- yeah you know? L- and learn i need to listen take yeah. the time to listen yeah yeah and i need to learn to decode the signals because yep. like you might feel hungry but there's like six different reasons you might feel hungry right, and yeah. one of them Is that you would need to eat? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, like you've got you've got um, nutritional hunger is the first one where you're you're actually low on a nutrient of some kind Mm -hmm. and you need food. Yeah. Then there's uh, empty stomach hunger. Yeah. Which a lot of people a lot of people eat so often. You know, we've been we've been brainwashed into this three meals a day thing. Yeah. um, So that their their stomach always has food in it. Yeah. So when it doesn't have food in it, they think they're hungry. Yeah. But really, it's just the sensation of having an empty stomach. There's a yeah. big difference between yeah. hunger and empty stomach. Then there's thirst as hunger. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, for most of human evolution, just dr- drinking liquid water was not common. Yeah. You know, I mean, water in nature is not really that safe to drink most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the majority of our water for most of evolution came from food. Mm-hmm. So our bodies learned that when you're dehydrated, give a hunger signal so yeah. that you'll eat some food yeah. and you'll be hi- rehydrated yeah. the problem is these days all the food that we have around well not all but much of the food we have is so heavily processed and salt filled that has yeah. no uh no water in it anymore yeah.
1: well even just simply cooking food cooking food like even if it's healthy food that you preserve dehydrate cook all of that it's um
0: it, it's not. It doesn't give you water. It dehydrates you. Exactly. But your body doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. You know, your body's still running on old software. Yep. Um, Because I mean, evolution is slow, but society mm-hmm. is fast. Yeah. So there's thirst as a hunger, and then there's emotional hunger.
1: Yeah, and that's and they, you know, that's the biggest. That's the one. biggest one. Yeah, for sure. Totally,
0: because like you, people don't realize how much their emotions are tied to eating. Yeah. You know, you had a shitty day at work. Or, oh, I'll have a cookie when I get home. Yeah. Or. I had a fantastic day at work, I'll have a cookie when I get home to (laughs) celebrate, you know, or uh, it's a Saturday, so I'm going to eat a pizza for dinner. Yeah. You know, and there's so much of that that happens and people. Yeah. And in so many different ways too. Yeah. And so, I mean, really like that, that was my, my, my biggest aha moment of all of this whole journey was just, I can learn to listen to my body yeah and it's going to tell me what I need yeah you know and and how it, w- it works with food it works with sleep it works with exercise yep. everything it's mm-hmm. like if I wake up in the morning stiff I know I need to go for a walk yep if I wake up in the morning with a dry mouth I know I need to drink more water yeah yeah if I wake up in the morning um, with a headache I know I need to drink more water yeah you know like but I didn't associate those symptoms before mm-hmm. you know I, I had there was this disconnect in my life between what I did and how I felt. Yeah. Because I just always kind of felt low-grade crappy. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now when I feel crappy, because I'm far from perfect, I eat a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. I shouldn't eat. I do a lot of things I shouldn't do, and I don't do a lot of things I should do. As Um, we all do. That's part of being human. (laughs) Exactly. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. But now when like like for example the other day i was at work and i was feeling a little bit nauseated mm-hmm. which is very rare for me these days but like nor- most people will be like oh i've got a stomach bug or oh i'm getting sick or yeah. something but my mind doesn't go there right away anymore now it's like oh what's going on here oh, what's my body trying to tell me yeah okay and then i thought about it a little bit of like oh yeah my dad made cinnamon buns yesterday and i had one yeah I'm oh. feeling sick because I ate gluten and I don't normally eat gluten. Yeah. So it's like, and then it's like, oh, aha, perfect. I just have to change my behavior a little bit. The symptom will go yeah. away and everything's fine. Yeah. Um, and that and that's the thing. Like if you listen to your body, you can really, um, you can really learn what's going yeah. on and you can do the right things mm-hmm. for yourself. Um, and you can trust your own personal instinct. Yeah, if you learn to decode those signals.
1: Yeah, I think I think being able to realize that, or actually like like finding that about yourself, or discovering the truth through some other, uh, you know, from somewhere, from some book or some philosopher, or whatever, some teacher, um, you can actually you can actually feel better just by knowing that, just by knowing uh, what's true. Like that's that's it's something coded in your genes. Like right now, there's. There's a lot of like misinformation. There's a lot of flaws. There's a lot of um, um, confusion about you know, life and nutrition especially. So if you know like something, if you hear something that's like for sure truthful and even if you're questioning in your head, like, is that really a good thing to do? Is it really like healthy to drink lemon water? Or is it really like good to, you know, eat a lot of fruits and vegetables? Like, like your body knows that that's that that's true for you or if you know for sure that hey well there was something in that food that i ate that wasn't good for me i I don't know what it is i can feel it but you can i I know from my experience and maybe you can relate to that once you discover it as you you actually instantly feel better because of that
0: yeah it's like knowing the cause for why you're feeling mm-hmm. crappy is enough to set your mind at ease. Yeah. And you may still feel it, but it's not as intense because you right. know yeah. how to fix it. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's the lo- same reason a lot of people um, who go to the doctor when they're sick feel better when they, mm-hmm. just from having gone to the doctor. Yeah. It's not that the doctor did anything. It's mm-hmm. not that they've been cured or healed. Yeah. It's just that they know what's going on. Yeah, and sometimes they don't. But they've somebody well, with a stethoscope yeah. and a and clipboard told them they're going to be okay.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of the problem with what I just said because sometimes you know you get that uh, prescription or or that label or whatever from somebody that's in authority, like maybe it's a nutritionist, maybe it's a doctor, and um, somebody that we see as an authority or somebody that we see as a that has a respect from us or that we believe. And they tell us something and it may not be true but when we first hear it it's like oh well yeah that's then it it can also be comforting to hear
0: yeah it's like the confirmation that what you thought was correct
1: yeah right
0: so that's really
1: cool that um uh it sounded like you had a a, like a much of a like um, a spiritual um you've used food or you've been able to help food to uh, help you a lot with like your spiritual or your self-growth and just learning more about like yourself and your body which is really cool because i think that's a big role that food is playing and always had played always has played for us uh throughout evolution and uh it's yeah and it still does it's just the way we do it now is just so different than how we used to like we celebrate with ice cream, we celebrate with cake and, you know, stuff like that, where I don't think that that's something that we ever did much in uh, in prehistoric times. No,
0: but on that note, I think celebrating with food in of some kind mm-hmm. is definitely ingrained in us. That, that's exactly what I'm you know? saying. Like, yeah. I, feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like the ancient... And- humans would have gone out hunting and they got yeah. they got a bush pig totally and, and then it's like yeah we celebrate yeah and we feast
1: and and that's why i think those signals to the brain get so confused is because uh hey pri- uh, gathering uh food it's all it's always food like it is in every culture and i think it always has been you know, not always but you know most of the time like it's food it's you know go for lunch together have a dinner party um a picnic you know some some usually there's food related but now when these events are like full of junk food, you know, crackers and cheese and just um, um, dysfunctional food, then it really confuses our body. Exactly. It, it throws off the signals that, uh, that go between our brain and our gut and, and, and we don't know and we get to the point where we're like, oh, we're feeling sick. And maybe we figure out that like it has something to do with food, but where the heck do we go? Like the way I've been taught, the way I've been geared to use
0: food and think about it doesn't work. Well that and that's the thing like the the things the stuff that we think of now as food is not food. Mm-hmm. No, it's I mean I like that word you use dysfunctional food.
1: I also like I got to that use from the you. phrase. <laughs> I remember that.
0: <laughs> uh, another phrase I like is food like substance. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it's not food, you know, like yeah. like when you go to say the Golden Arches fast food place. Right? you're not buying food. Yeah. You're buying a food like substance yep. that has been highly engineered to make your brain think it's food. Yeah. It has calories in it. So it gives you a tiny bit of energy for a moment, yep. but it is not actually food. Not, yeah. not Right. So, I mean, we're like that. And I mean, I think right there, that was probably my second biggest takeaway from my whole nutrition transformation yep. was that most of what we eat is not food yeah yeah you know it's it, like it
1: shouldn't be in, in in our diet no
0: no it shouldn't even like it shouldn't be in our lives yeah. at all you know some of the ingredients that go into processed food i would be horrified to spill on my skin in their yeah. natural or in their pure form yeah yeah so then why is it safe once we put it into food yeah and eat it it's and like it it's not but um but yeah, I mean that was that was the biggest this is the next biggest thing yeah. for me. Just realizing how much of what I was eating. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean at at the time I went through it, I kind of realized that none of what I was eating was actual food.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. I mean short of like meat and stuff. Yeah. And, but even yeah, then it was but, really low quality. Gen- yeah,
1: generally, you know, you'd get the occasional lettuce on your burger or tomato and and that's how a lot of people get by you yeah. know eating junk food exactly There's, there is you know a pepper on the pizza and yeah that that is powerful for the body yeah
0: or i, I would go like a couple times a month to the grocery store and get one of those gr- bottled green smoothies yeah and it's like oh yeah look at this i'm getting all these good micronutrients mm-hmm. and all this stuff and it's like yes there is decent stuff in those things yeah, yeah. but there's also a lot of not decent stuff. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of added sugar. There's a lot of stuff. It's very mm-hmm. processed.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I had no idea.
1: Yeah. Wow. So what would you say? Uh, do you have another one? Do you have a, a third, like, big takeaway? I'm just trying to think. Big, it, like, breakthrough moment with food?
0: I'm trying to think. I think for nutrition. really the biggest one was when I realized that you don't actually have to eat all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, after after doing 90 days of Wild Fit and losing... I think I lost thirty-five pounds that time, yeah. And having my energy go through the roof and just being a totally, totally different person by the end. Yeah, Um, I went on a five-day fast, Mm -hmm. and I'd never done a fast in my life other than like having forgot my lunch for work or something. Yeah, but I did five straight days of nothing but a water fast. Wow. Yeah, and I did it. Um, while i was attending a tony Robbins event in san yeah. Jose and the whole reason i did it was because it was the first time after changing my food habits that i was going to be traveling and traveling for me was something that was always very tied to junk food you yeah, know like yeah. i could i couldn't get on a plane without having a donut yeah. They, they, they were just so connected because I would go to the airport. You'd have to wait for the flight. So you'd go to Tim Hortons. And yeah. like, it was just part of mm-hmm. the routine. And I thought, shit, I'm going traveling. How do I navigate this? Yep. And then I thought, well, I think the easiest way to navigate it is just don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> well, while I'm not home, I'm just not going to eat. Yeah. And uh, it was wild. It was a wild experience. The yep. first day sucked. Mm-hmm. Like the first day was awful. I've had I had headaches. I was low energy. I was had the shakes. Like it was bad. The second day was awesome. Wow, and you stuck through. My it. energy started coming wow. back. Well, I stuck through it because I had promised myself. I'm mm-hmm. like I'm mm-hmm. not going to eat junk. Yeah. And unfortunately, when you go to most parts of the U.S., yeah, especially if you're not local and don't know yeah. where to find good quality food, your options are. Junk.
1: Yeah. Travel is definitely one of the more challenging times to yeah. be able to eat
0: well. It's brutal. And so I just, I stuck it out and I just, I drank tons of water. Every time I was hungry, I would just mm-hmm. pound a liter of water. I had a bottle I carried with me. Yeah, and It worked great. And yeah. I, I was outputting out massive amounts of energy at this Tony Robbins event. Mm-hmm. I did a fire walk. I, I was up for like 16 to 18 hours a day wow. for three days straight uh, and had energy the whole time. Uh, even to I would walk From the venue To my hotel Every night After yep. the event Which was a five mile walk Five mile In the middle of the night Like oh, I would wow. just, and, and it was nothing <laughs> um, The The sixth day It got hard I was, yeah. I was about to leave San Jose and I was walking around. I went to a museum because I had to check out of my hotel by 10. But yeah. My flight wasn't until like 5 that afternoon or evening or something. Yeah. Um, so I went to the museum and I was walking around the museum. <laughs> and uh, I had sat down on a bench and I stood up from the bench and passed out. <laughs> just Jeez, like I yeah, just yeah. stood up and just like <sharp> fell right over. And wow. then kind of, I, I was, wasn't out for long. I was yeah. just, just for a second. But then I, I kind of came to on the floor. I was like, okay, By it's yourself. time to eat. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, wow. it wasn't even down long enough for anybody to notice that there was a problem. Yeah. But th- at that moment, I was like, okay, it's time to eat. Yeah. <laughs> like this, wow, is, crazy. this is too much. But that was six days without food. So and you went
1: six full days without food. Six, and on, on this, you ate on the seventh day? Or uh, no, it was the sixth, the sixth, like
0: partway through the sixth day that I ate. Yeah. It was like maybe two or three in the afternoon holy smokes wow and that was i think probably a huge aha for mm-hmm. me was realizing that oh, wait a minute this whole three meals yeah. a day thing is crap it, yeah
1: like you don't have to it, eat all the yeah. time it's okay to be hungry yeah
0: well yeah, and, that's, and a, to that's realize a big one yeah. that like you're not actually hungry yeah you know like you're 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 hungry when you pass out because you haven't eaten anything like right that's yeah. a good mm-hmm. indicator of nutritional hunger yeah but on the third, fourth, fifth days, there was no even sense of lacking yeah. anything. Yeah. And that well, got me thinking. It's like, you know, early humans ha- did that all the time. Yeah. And there were many times mm-hmm. when they wouldn't be able to find stuff to eat. Yeah. And if they did, it might be like a barrier too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then some. Then eventually they'd get a, a good kill during a hunt and eat yeah. lots. And it's like, well, that's, that's kind of how humans are meant mm-hmm. to eat
1: yeah totally and this this is actually a good example of of so many practices that we have as as being primal or being the primal canadians like i we don't i I don't know if we can exactly tell you the reasons of why this is effective why it works that way but if you mimic something that used to happen like i know there's a lot of different uh interpretations and meanings of hunger but we didn't always have food prehistorically. we we didn't we we may have been venturing off too far or something took too long or we couldn't come home or we couldn't our hunts weren't successful or our garden got taken out or something we where we did just didn't have the food so there was times when we were hungry and and that's and i don't know how or why that's good for the body i don't know all the exact reasons for it and i don't need to because i know that this happened we we can be sure that this happened and when we mimic that in the modern world our body knows how to sort it out because it's coded into us on how to survive through that and it's actually a powerful thing
0: totally and you're you're bang on like it's in our genetics yeah you no know, there's a reason that our pancreas can switch from producing uh insulin to producing glucagon yeah like the, the reason is that when you don't have food you need to be able to create energy yep. and that we evolved a way to do that. And it's yep. highly effective. Right. That's why yep. intermittent fasting is so effective for weight loss. Yep. Like so many things and you're you're right on. It's like when you do things the way that the human body evolved to do things, Yeah, then your body kind of knows what to do. Mm-hmm. The problem is that in the last, I, I don't even want to put a number on it, but I would say like, Three to five hundred years, mm-hmm. we've come so far away from the way the human body evolved. Yeah, you know, like the Industrial Revolution, the Agricultural Revolution. I mean, really, that's what yeah. started it all was the agriculture, the the beginnings yeah, yeah. of being able to grow our own food. Yeah, um, one of my the I, one of my very favorite examples was like, at some point, the hunter-gatherer human society came back to a camp that they had. St- been at uh, a year earlier, mm-hmm. and somebody noticed that in the corner where they had thrown all the scraps of the vegetables and stuff they picked, yeah, stuff was growing, yeah. And in that moment, everything got ruined, yeah, because suddenly humans realized that we could grow food on purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when we grew food on purpose, do you think we grew a lot of the bitter, leafy greens? And the, the dandelions and this kind of stuff that are r- like actually really nutrient-packed? Yeah. Or do you think we grew more of the fruits that had lots of fr- sugar?
1: Yeah.
0: And more of the stuff that tasted better?
1: Yeah, the stuff that was easy to grow. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: and there's nothing wrong with that in small amounts like nature would provide. But when you can produce it on purpose, yeah. suddenly the balance shifts. You right. know, suddenly we weren't having to go walking for days or even weeks on end to find a fruit tree. Yeah, yeah. suddenly we were able to plant and grow orchards worth mm-hmm. of fruit in a space where we didn't have to go very far to get it. Yeah. You know, and, then, and, then, and it got worse and worse and worse as time went on. You know, um, One of the anthropological measures of society is called calories per acre. Yeah. And they measure the sophistication level of a society mm-hmm. in how many calories they produce per acre. Yeah. And in early hunter-gatherer societies you would have been lucky to have a couple hundred calories per mm-hmm. acre. Like that would have been a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then early in early, early agriculture, that might have gone up to a few thousand calories an acre. Right. Then to tens of thousands of calories of it for, per acre. And then after the industrial revolution, you'd be talking millions of calories per acre. And now we've gotten to a point in modern society where with the click of a button on your phone, Mm -hmm. you can have limitless calories per living room. Yeah. And that's a major problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's that was the start of it. Yeah. And then there's so many other um, things that came in that that really like screwed it right up. Totally. Um, Yeah, I I guess we could (laughs) we could we could dive into a lot of those. But um,
0: that's that's really cool. Yeah, I feel like I've kind of hogged all the airtime on this episode. What have your big takeaways been from well, your nutrition journey? Well, my
1: nutrition journey began at like twenty three, twenty four. Um, I didn't really start awakening or learning nutrition around that. I started like getting like, um, um, you know, the, the general advice that I found or that was given, um, you know, carbs and and macros and whatnot, <laughs> and I played around with it and made a few changes it changed my body composition and a little bit and a few things like changed, but nothing really changed for me like my first and probably still today, still my biggest takeaway was when i removed uh the toxic foods for like certain toxic foods from my diet and that was when i had found the primal blueprint i i found uh somebody got me onto a podcast from mark sisson and he had a powerful story of how he transformed a lot of his health conditions with um with removing what he called inflammatory foods so i was intrigued by it and and i tried it i tried to take these i tried to take out certain foods for a number of days um actually that reminds me to something else At first happened but i'll come I'll, I'll double back to that so anyways, I took out at that point, the big ones for me were gluten and dairy. And when I took out gluten and dairy from my diet, a lot of things transformed for me that I thought were just a part of my genetic coding, like like depressing stuff, um, uh, seasonal affective disorders, and uh, acne, uh, just, just random things like that, that I thought were just, I thought they were a part of me. I thought it, I didn't know there was a way to get rid of it. And I definitely didn't know that it had anything to do with the food that I was eating, but I tried this only because I seen Mark as as authority, um, not because I had any other reason or any <laughs> or any scientific evidence of why this should work or why it should be like that. I I just tried and I was I was open, I was ready for it. I I was looking for more, because I had some some challenges in training and a little bit with my health and stuff and injuries so i wanted to try something different so when i took out it was gluten and dairy at the point like so many things changed for me like the way i the way i felt through the day like i had so much more energy i wasn't always like flat and fatigued from having from having that in my diet because when i actually started looking at before that it was Okay, I'll reduce it. I'll try cut it out. But I never actually looked at ingredients. But when you really cut something out and you look at all the ingredients, and you realize that 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 you have it in in so many things, like uh, there, it's so so many times where I I tell I've told someone that I've seen these symptoms correlate with dairy, or I've seen people remove dairy, and it feels so much better. And like the common response that I get uh, 90 some percent of the time is like, oh, I don't have much dairy or I don't drink a lot of milk or, or or like it's only a little bit, right? It's like, I can't get rid of cheese. I love cheese so much, but I only eat it on Fridays, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's 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 the dairy that is causing those issues. It, yeah. and, and you reduce it and sometimes you can feel a little bit better. But if it's still in your diet, it's still... Feeding the bug that's causing these issues, it's still feeding the bacteria or whatever it might be that, that this comes from. So my biggest takeaway was definitely my my. I pr- probably could be like my biggest takeaway today um, was to take out those the toxic foods or the foods that don't um, serve our body.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: And, and a lot of it is maybe because they're how they're engineered, or because of this, the viruses that we have today. Um, because some of the stuff doesn't fully line up with, with the evolutionary model here, because we've always eaten gluten and probably have always drank milk. So it's, the, it's either that this food has significantly changed, the way we produce and, and grow gluten today is very different than how we used to, and the way we harvest and feed our cows and that is significantly different, uh, and or um, what's going on in our bodies is a little bit different.
0: Totally. I mean, I think, I think that's such a important thing to remember. And and it's one of the things that baffles me on a regular basis mm-hmm. about the, I don't even have a good term for people who don't understand this kind of stuff, but we got to come up with one. But the, 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 the less enlightened people, I don't, I, that doesn't feel right to say, but I, there's so many people out there who have these chronic issues mm-hmm. and they don't associate them with the food they're eating. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've met so many people over the years who are like, oh I've got irritable bowel syndrome. Mm -hmm. Or I'm I'm always tired. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's because of how you eat. Yeah. You know, and nobody likes to hear that, but it's true. Yeah. You know, it's like if you've got right stomach issues chronically, it's because you're eating something that's poisoning your stomach.
1: Well it's 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 challenging a massive belief system, like a belief system that's that's been in place for so long like let's pick you know cereal in the morning milk with 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 cheerios or whatever you put in to your like to make a cereal like there's so many there's so many bad things (laughs) in the ingredients of that cereal how that's made as well as the milk um that that are just not that are really hard on the body that are really tough to process and they really like cause inflammation and flare-ups and other issues but how do you i mean mean, how does one one that's always eaten this one that's always known been taught to eat this and it's it's a part of their of what they know what their current belief is that to now understand that hey that's it it's that food that's harmful for you it's all they've always done it and they've known everybody in their family line and whatever does the same thing
0: Yeah, well, it's you're so right. It's like it's so incredibly ingrained in people's uh, uh, understanding of the world and in their their perspective Mm -hmm. of what's true. And like like when I first stopped drinking milk, yeah, man, the number of people who (gasps) (gasps) where are you going to get your calcium? You're not going to be able to, your bones are going to get weak. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, um, well, actually, (laughs) by drinking less milk, my bones are going to get stronger. Yeah. Uh, And there is really no bioavailable calcium in milk anyway. There's lots of calcium in it, but it's not available to humans. We just pee it all out. Yeah. And uh, milk is acidic. Yeah. which acidifies your blood and when your blood gets acidified it takes calcium from your bones yeah. to neutralize it mm-hmm. which is a natural process but the idea is that when your blood gets back to being alkaline that calcium goes back yeah but when we eat and i don't want to go down this whole rabbit trail but it's like people just like they're freaking out mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like you're, you're you can't stop drinking milk you're crazy yeah it's like, well, I've just started eating more broccoli yeah, and that's got way more calcium in it than yeah. milk and it's actually and it's ready good to for uptake for your body. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that brings me actually to my other one. But let me go back to the one that came to me earlier. Um, I actually did make a discovery before I found this. This was probably... Actually, this was probably when I was 23, 24. So I did learn something when I first changed my diet. Um, when I learned about like sugar and carbohydrates, I looked at a lot of the i started reading like the sugar labels in stuff um so at that point i and i always had up till then it was part of my childhood pop candy you know whatever yeah and if you look at a a can of pop or juice it's straight sugar yeah there's really not much else in there as far as calories go yeah so i would read like an intense amount of sugar i would just read like so many grams of sugar are in this so i I decided to cut it out i decided to stop drinking pop and decided to stop drinking juice because it was just fluid with no actual um it wasn't the balance which i looked at back then was 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 calories uh, proteins fats whatever it was all just sugar um not knowing that it was bad sugar i actually just cut it out and i I stopped getting colds and flus up till then i was i would get like seasonal uh, flus and colds and uh, some aller- some, allerg- some allergy stuff. Didn't really change too much from sugar, the allergy stuff, but the flus that I was getting and also the tonsillitis. So my, tonsil- my tonsils would flare up at least once a year when it would get cold. So sometime in the winter, I would get really sick um, and end up having to stay in bed sometimes, like missing days of work or getting like really sick where or- I couldn't like go out. Uh, that went away so it did something what it meant to me is this this is doing something huge for my immune system yeah
0: for sure so
1: and i i think that was probably um i forget about it because it's been so long this has been like 10 years ago now since that happened and i've made so many discoveries (laughs) since then and 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 oftentimes i can't even relate to somebody um that's still that's still drinks pop or that still has, has orange juice in the morning kind of thing. But when I stopped doing that, man, like there's so much to change for my, for my immune system, how much stronger uh, it felt, um, and, and not be getting bogged down constantly and getting sick
0: constantly. Yeah. That's incredible. That's a cool discovery. And then, uh,
1: the, the third one that I want to bring up is something that you just evoked was The uptake of of uh, like calcium and iron. I was actually I was always iron deficient before I took out um, these these uh, harmful foods. I was always iron deficient. I was always like a little bit flat and drained, and that was a lot of the reasons I think um, why my energy came back up is because I was absorbing nutrients properly and I wasn't uh, dealing with my body wasn't dealing with all these these this toxic waste or this toxic stuff that I was getting in foods. Yeah. So I would I would supplement iron all the time. I when I'd go see my doctors get my checkups, I would I would get um I wouldn't actually get prescriptions, but they would tell me to pick up an iron pill and take whatever many a day. Yeah. And then I started searching iron rich foods. Like I, I brought molasses into my diet, like black strap molasses <laughs> because there's a lot of iron on yeah. the on the late on the nutrition label, on right. the ingredients label, whatever and uh but it never really changed like my energy never really changed i I didn't regularly test it so i don't really know like what showed up in my blood but when i took out uh like the bad foods the harmful foods my iron levels came up so what i discovered was that it wasn't that the iron wasn't there it was my cells weren't uptaking it right there was too much so so let's let's take for an example, you eat um, hamb- a fast food hamburger. <laughs> and as we said, like there is lettuce, there is tomato, there may be something on there that's actually good for the body. But because there is so much like bad fat, harmful meat, um, you know, gluten and uh, list, there's so many like harmful things that your body has to process and your body has to deal with, it doesn't have the time or the ability to, to take up the healthy stuff and even even though it, it came to some degree it'll take up some of the um, the glucose and the live water and and the health the healthy stuff the stuff from nature that's in the lettuce and the tomato it will uptake some of that the vitamin c but the a lot of the stuff like iron or calcium it's not able to uptake because it has to deal with with so many uh, like harmful stuff it has to deal with with um, viruses flaring up or or pathogens or, or whatever else it's that bad food is feeding. So everything kind of is on a scale. Like a lot of things that we eat, some of it is like, there's something in it that's really good for us. Like say, say dairy, for example, there is calcium in it. Um, But like you said, like your body isn't able to uptake it because that it comes along with so much stuff. That's like, that's inflaming the body and that's like inflaming the cell and the cell isn't able to uptake this so the answer is not was not for me to supplement iron and the answer is not for with calcium to drink more milk or to supplement calcium the answer is if you want to get more to the heart of the issue is to take away the reasons on why your body is calcium deficient or not able to absorb the calcium or the iron so that was that was uh, a massive takeaway for me
0: yeah that's a super important discovery yeah because
1: and i think that's 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 a really good one because it's it's very common and easy to test you know for iron and calcium and calcium like it's such a big one for you know for for bone density and totally bone density has so many other ways of of becoming stronger in, from lifestyle factors and not just food yeah but yeah and i guess so those kind those two my first and second one kind of go together a lot then.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's uh, super important. That's interesting that you mentioned about the milk and the bone density and stuff. And people are constantly talking about how milk is important for your calcium and your, mm-hmm. your bones. But nobody ever mentions the fact that if you look at all the different cultures in the world yep. and you look at the ones that drink the most milk, mm-hmm. they also are the ones that have the highest osteoporosis rates. Yeah, yeah so what's that all about right you know if, if drinking milk is really so good for you shouldn't they have lower well, osteoporosis
1: right well and that just just comes down to the industry and the biases behind it like yeah there's calcium in milk and it's you know you sell the you sell the idea that you need your milk for calcium you need your milk for your proteins and your fat whatever reasons you have to drink milk all that stuff is actually in fruits and vegetables if you eat a variety of fruits and vegetables. It, it's, it's, that way, it's directly from nature. It's not, it's not from a, from a cow stuffed full of grains, <laughs> sucked out of the cow, and then yeah. processed in a certain way, and put on a shelf.
0: Yeah. And it's not from a vitamin pill either. Right. You know, exactly, that's the other yeah. thing. So many people, like you're talking about supplementing iron. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so many people supplement vitamins. Yeah. Thinking that it's a uh, replacement for yeah. eating well. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you, I guess you do get the odd little bit out of a multivitamin. Yeah. But most of it just goes right through you. And, and that's providing you get
1: a good a good, a good type of vitamin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but the bulk of it goes right through you. Yeah. You know, most mm-hmm. of it's not v- bioavailable to you. And it doesn't do you any good yeah. in the short term. Yeah. You know, you need to be getting, like you say, you need to be getting your nutrients from mm-hmm. natural sources. Yeah. The, the stuff that our bodies evolved to uptake from yeah and you need to quit worrying about getting it all at once Mm -hmm. you know so many people are hung up on like like you have these nutrition labels on stuff in Canada Mm -hmm. drives me insane it's got your percentage of daily value of certain nutrition yeah nature would have never provided Mm -hmm. every nutrient you needed every single day yeah it just wouldn't happen Mm -hmm. in a year sure yeah you know you so you might you know, in the summer, you eat lots of leafy greens, lots of mm-hmm. berries, lots of colorful fruit. Yeah. In the winter, you'd be eating mostly meat and nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yep. You know, like your body would be able to to handle that and you go through different seasons. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about seasonal eating a few episodes ago and it's super important. Yep. And yes. And I mean, really just staying in alignment with the way humans are meant to live and just imagining what life would have been like. Cause I mean, mm. we say a lot the way humans are meant to live. Yeah. We don't know that for sure. Right. Yeah, know, we didn't engineer the human body. <laughs> we yeah. don't know how it's exactly right. meant to work, Yeah, but we do know that humans back in the old times were a lot healthier than we are now. Yeah. We know that beyond a shadow of a doubt and people will bring up things like lower average lifespan and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But when you take infant mortality out of the equation, people back, few thousand years ago lived way longer than modern humans yeah like we're it was like way longer Mm -hmm. right um because they were healthier yeah and i mean they died from other things like lion attacks yeah um, snake bites snake bites things like that so i mean yeah more of them died young but it wasn't because of the people didn't sit in hospitals being overfed and starving to death
1: yeah we didn't have the the chronic illnesses and the mystery and the mystery illnesses and all the kind of stuff that we're dealing with today, like,
0: yeah. e- well, even like, even twenty years ago, yeah, type two diabetes was called adult onset diabetes, yeah, yeah, because you didn't have children with type two diabetes. Mm-hmm. It just was. I mean, it happened, but mm-hmm. it was super uncommon now it's everywhere yeah it's yeah you know it's super they, they switch they stopped calling it adult onset uh, adult onset diabetes because yeah. it's so common in kids yeah the only thing that's changed is the way we feed kids yeah and yeah and do and
1: we feed ourselves like it's yeah. when when we when like when you're pregnant now you we have to go through this test our females have to go through this test for um gestational diabetes wow you know if you have i don't know if you knew that or not but it changes the birthing plan in the in the in the hospital or with the doctor if if you're going the conventional way with birthing Um, you have to get tested for gestational diabetes which is diabetes that um basically when you have it when you have a kid uh, like diabetes is basically on a scale like everybody you know 90 eight or 99% of people are diabetic to some degree. And when you have a baby, then it makes it even worse kind of thing. So then you may get labeled with gestational diabetes that's there when you have a baby and it might go away or drop down a little bit after the baby comes. Mm. So, I mean, if, if mom has that, then yeah. how, how can a baby, you know, be born without without that? It's going to have it to some degree. Yeah, that's
0: crazy. I had no idea about that. Yeah. That's wild.
1: Yeah, it's um it's uh, it's pr- like once you start like ta- getting into some of this stuff, it's just there's just so much like uh, misinformation and belief systems and yeah. Uh and and just yeah, just
0: so many different biases behind so much different types of information. Totally. And you know, I mean, I'm trying to come up with what a point of this whole episode was. <laughs> But like really, I think for me anyway, the point is just experiment. Yeah. You know, totally, like yeah, yeah. try things and don't take anything anybody tells mm-hmm. you, us included, yeah. as the absolute truth. Yeah, well said. Try it. Yeah. See how it affects mm-hmm. you and then take note. But yep. but try it honestly, you mm-hmm. know, try it fully. And a lot of people will, oh, I'm going to, they'll go on a change their diet for a couple weeks. Yeah. Like no, do it for a month. Do it for mm-hmm. two months, and really take notice of how yeah. you feel, mm-hmm. and uh, and make some changes. And when you're not sure, think back to a few thousand years. Imagine yourself as an early human hunter-gatherer yeah. person, and think mm-hmm. of what life might have been like. Yeah, because chances are good if you can get as close to that as you can, you're on the right track. Yep. Yeah. that's exactly it,
1: and I think that's probably the biggest. Well, I, I, we say we say that all the time It's like it has to, it has to line up, uh, you know, with with something we would have done back in the day.
0: Exactly. We've, we've got old hardware running on modern software. Yep, And it just doesn't quite work because yep. the modern world is not the world that we were designed for.
1: Yeah. The input, the input is so different than it used to be. And it's so sped up and there's so much more of it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, we're running super long on this episode. It's been jam-packed full of value. I really hope you've gotten a lot out of listening and uh, had some aha moments. I would love it if you would send us an email or uh, hit up our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Primal Canadians, and let us know if you had any big aha moments or what what has been your biggest takeaway as you've sort of transformed your health and life and got a little more in touch with what? people are meant to be living like
1: Yep, totally or or leave us a comment on the show and also if you know somebody else who would love to hear this or could benefit from hearing that uh pass it along and uh and and share the episode yeah absolutely and until next time keep it primal
0: tune in next time for more primal conversations